Welcome, everyone, to our podcast, Serving in Business. This is your host, Steve Ramona, and I'm fired up and excited for my next guest, SJ Barraconi. I love this guy. I've known him for over a year. We network together. He is a champion for leadership. And if you want to get some great tips about business and some outward thinking, because we're going to talk about thought and thinking in this podcast, this is your man. Stick around and listen. The tidbits flying out of his mouth because we're going to be fired up, but we're going to learn. Welcome to the podcast, SJ. I am very grateful to you as the host of this podcast for offering me this invite and this opportunity to serve, to solve, and to share. Now, did I say your name right? Because I know I had to challenge you that. You did. You did. Thank you for honoring that, sir. And again, I'm glad to be here with you and your audience. Awesome. I just give you all the admin stuff. Get it out of the way. We're good. Now let's get some great stuff from SJ. You talked about thinking before, and it really caught my eye before this podcast. How'd that develop for you? And why are you going this path with thinking? Well, something I believe is a missing element, Steve, in, in business, and you can also certainly apply this to other parts of society and culture, is there's always going to be a part of us, and it's not bad or wrong. There's always going to be a part of us that's going to react or ref- reflex to situations, right? That's okay. Because if you didn't, what if a tree's falling and you need to get out of the way? Um, you know? You're about to cross the street and you see a car barreling through the intersection. Totally fine, right? So reflexing and reacting has its place. But when it comes to business and being able to move from survival to significance, that continuum, and in the middle, you can call it success, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that the missing element, and it's not nearly as hard to understand or grasp as the 11 herbs and spices are, is thinking. So how did I get there? The short answer to that is I came to a realization that there are three different ways that people can glean new information, which can be which can become knowledge, and then that knowledge does have the potential to become wisdom. The three ways are as follows. You can be schooled. You can pursue credentials or be credentialized. And lastly, and this is the what I pursued, and that's what truly led me into the thinking arena, you can be a lifelong learner and be deeply, holistically educated. So once again, just to put a quick little cap on this, Steve, before we even move on, please, folks, understand that schooling, pursuing credentials, and lifelong learning education should not be confused for one another. They all are different. Great points. That's why I have this guy on. He's got, he really thinks deeply about this stuff, which I think is important in business. Now, go over your bio, which I didn't know, but I've known you for almost two years now, 12 plus years in self-directed education. And we called you champion of leadership. Two powerful words, champion and leadership. 
How do those tie together or do they? Um, well, I think being a champion is not necessarily winning as John Wooden taught us, but it's doing your very best. It's the effort. It's putting in all the who you are into something and knowing that you're not always going to win because winning can be transistory and winning can sometimes be losing, especially if you violate habit four of Covey. Okay. So that's the first thing is framing what a champion is. Second piece. This is not original thought, but with regret, Steve, still too many people don't get this. So I'm going to have to emphasize it. And I'm going to hope that it resonates with your audience is leadership is not a position. Leadership is a skill, a soft skill, a um, interpersonal life transferable skill. If you understand and grasp that, you can transfer that skill from organization to organization to organization as an entrepreneur by delivering your very best as a champion into that culture, into that workplace, and you have now fused those two together. Well, when we've talked about this before, and now the audience, you're hearing it, that is something I want you to keep in mind that it's a skill. And let me ask you, SJ, let's take it down that rabbit hole, which I'm excited to do. So that means when you talk to people or I talk to people, they say, I can't be a leader because it's a skill. We can be educated on it. Correct? Absolutely. And I, absolutely. And I was. Okay. Let me give Let me give your audience an example here. And again, we're skirting these topics because these topics by themselves can be hour or two hours by themselves. When I was in a credentialist environment known as college university, okay, because whether we like it or not, most colleges and universities are corporate prep centers. They are not teaching entrepreneurship and lifelong learning. Okay. Now, there are exceptions. And we don't have time to get into that today. But like most citizens who did pursue that, I was in a corporate prep center. And part of my major, my my major course of study, folks, was in economics fused with, and here's the word, management. Notice, leadership was not a part of the credentialist curriculum, okay? But then somewhere along the way, people get this idea that you can take management and step into the chair of someone who's leading. Therefore, you've automatically become a leader. It doesn't work that way. Leadership is a skill that you develop. It's almost as if you are learning how to cook better. Okay. Maybe you're one of those people in Steve's audience and you don't feel like you can cook well. Well, can you learn how to cook better and cover a lot more types of cooking? Absolutely. Can you learn how to become better at editing video and develop that skill? Absolutely. Leadership is no different. I personally believe that there are four types of leadership, three of which 
are where the skill is exercised. And the fourth is that very limited case where there is some positional framing, but the vast majority of the time, the other three are, are what predominate. I love this. And, and this is why I'm excited to get on audience and people listening, because I'm going to ask you this, SJ. So you're saying management. Of course, we know leadership is important because you're managing people. It just is in the word. So that's no different if my wife says, hey, go change the brakes in a car. If I have no way of doing it, that's no different than making XYZ person a manager and saying lead a staff of 20. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. Um, you need you need to separate these two things because the management of something, but what I've learned over this 12 plus years of lifelong learning, the management of something is more of the deploying of resources and pulling in what you need into the overall equation, the overall situation. Okay. But now where the leadership kicks in is the human side. Mm -hmm. It's saying, okay, these are, these are live flesh and blood people. Chances are they have a different personality type. They have a different social archetype than you. They have a different temperament than you. They have different life experiences than you. They have different dreams and vision than you do. So now how do you lead people that are all over the map like that? It's not managing them. It's managing the intangible resources. Like you need chairs for all of them. You need technology for all of them. You need to put them in a situation where if it's 100 degrees outside, you probably should keep it around maybe 68 or 70, right? That's the resources. That's the management piece. But the leading is the skill that you develop, like you're pumping up your muscles, and that's where the magic can happen. And that's what I've been studying on and off now for over 12 years. Because like I said earlier, my major course of study was economics and management. It wasn't economic leadership or leadership economics. See the difference? Yep. Yep. So I wanted to draw that out one last time is to understand that if you are a younger person who is maybe still pursuing that credentialist mindset or whatever. I'm not sitting here saying college and university have no value. I'm just saying you need to understand there's some very clear differences and you should not ever accept the title of a leader because again, it's a skill. Bingo. And that's something that it took me until this 12 plus years to figure out. I'm glad you figured it out. I'm glad you're sharing with the audience because with leadership being a skill, no different than you've got a welder that's welding here. He learns a better skill welding. Guess what? His income's going to grow because he's more value to the company. So you're telling me, and I'm listening and hearing that I learned some leadership skills, go from an eight to five or to a manager of that company. You're giving me more money, right? The company most, is not you, but. <laughs> most absolutely. Yes. If you're working for someone else, you're all, and let me see, how was this described to me? Let me see if I can go, I'm not, I'm pulling this out live here. This is like total stream of consciousness. Okay. I think it was my first mentor, if I remember right. 
um, reframe this for me. Because remember, I went to a corporate prep center known as a university once again. So I wasn't taught this. But my, I'm pretty sure it was my first mentor taught me this. When you work for someone else, you are working at wholesale rates and they are making retail off of you. Okay. So you're not going to get retail until you go off on your own after you have developed all your skills. That's when you can go off and say, okay, now I can charge retail because I have to pay retail rates for my electricity and for my phone and for my in-phone and all this other stuff, right? For my co-working arrangement, all that. But so if I'm paying retail for those things, I should be able to get retail back, but I shouldn't automatically get it until I developed my entire suite of skills and leadership is one of them. 100%. You said a great word that serving in business is tied to. You need to educate. You've said educate. You've said leadership. But the word you just said, it's going to segue into our next section, is mentor. You're talking about your first mentor. Which audience, if you don't have a mentor, if it's SJ, seek out SJ, or whoever that may be. I just met with a lady this morning, and she said she's growing her business because she's listening to older people like me. Being 61, I don't think it's old, but in a sense of being around and experienced. But let's segue from mentor, because I think that's huge for everybody, is your favorite book. Yeah. And why why that book is is your favorite? What has it done for you? Oh, boy. Um, I say, tough oh, question. Boy, it's a tough I say question. Oh, boy, I say, oh, boy, to that because there's so many books. And, and again, I'm going to go a little stream of consciousness here because I can literally, if we did the same interview 10 times, I'd probably have 10 books. Okay. So on this particular day that we're recording, Steve, my favorite book is, okay, da-da-da-da-da. My favorite book is going to be a book called Hidden Solutions. Okay. Now, why did I pick that book? Is because it teaches that a lot of the things that can be solved in society are hidden in plain sight. You just don't have the vision yet to see it. Okay. In the book, there's a reference to a concept known as the third eye, which is not meant to be metaphysical or anything unless you want it that way. But it basically means that you need to develop a wide and a deep vision. Okay. It also talks about the fact that, and here, here we go when we apply it to small business entrepreneurship. You can find what the author calls a seam in the armor. You do not have to create something completely brand new. All you have to do is tweak something that you're unsatisfied with, deliver it to the marketplace, and you can do very well for yourself. So if you, for example, don't think that conventional leadership is being taught the right way in your community, tweak it, use your own life experiences and that developed skill called leadership, deliver it a new way. And I can almost promise you, can't make any full guarantees, but you will be in a much better position. So it's finding the seam in the armor 
and there's historical examples where battles were waged, where the winning side found the seam in the armor of the defeated side, and they won the day. Same thing in the marketplace. What you need to do is offer, offer something, find a slightly better way to offer it, and you can still be successful. Now, if you want to go off and invent something completely brand new, I'm going to still be your champion all the same. I'm just saying, though, that this book struck me because one thing I tweaked in one of my ventures, known as the Education Sherpa, is I said we need to teach the marketplace that education, credentialism, and schooling should never again be confused for one another. That's not a huge revelation, but it's enough of a difference that I've been able to carve out some uh, market share from it, and I've been able to guest on other podcasts and such, because again, it's something that a lot of people still haven't heard. So there you go. That's what I'm getting at here. He's he's making some great points. SJ's information will be on the chat. I'll have him announce that here in a second. You did mention the cohatch. I, I do want you to promote that because you're excited about that. Tell us more about that. Of course. Um, I chose today, um, Steve, to use this as my backdrop. Um, this happens to be a picture taken at the very first location. Um, cohatch, C-O-H-A-T-C-H.com. Um, they are a fast-growing private enterprise that is in the process of going to, I want to say, five new metro areas over the next several years. But they started in the metro area that I live closest to in central Ohio, known as Columbus. But they have gone to a lot of others over the years. But I first learned about them through a member of a, of a community that I also know very well known as the H7 Network. One of the members of that community said, SJ, I think you would really like this place. They're not even officially open to the public yet, but I already have an office here. So she invited me. I went and checked it out. I loved it. It's this location right back here. That's what it looks like. Part of it, obviously. And to this very day, almost six years later, I am a member of this of this co-working community because they put lifestyle ahead of what's known as a work style. Okay. And that is something that's very important to me yeah. because business does not have to be eight or nine to five. It doesn't have to be Monday through Friday. It doesn't have to be done with a certain type of communication. It just has to be done that it fits into your lifestyle and doesn't displace your ability to live life, but it still delivers enough value to the marketplace that you are making a difference, but you're not trading your hobbies or your family life or your mental or physical health for it, because that's what's known as a work style. And that's what corporate prep centers, unfortunately, do to most people is they prepare you for working inside of a modern day sweatshop known as a corporation. And we don't want that anymore. Okay. We want people to live a full life holistically that covers everything. So that's why I'm a big fan of Cohatch. I love this. And, and SJ, if the audience, and I'm not even going to say if, I'm sure there's some people out there going to want to reach out to you. How can they get a hold of you? This will also be in the show notes, but you know, give a shout out for yourself. Well, first of all, I appreciate that opportunity. Um, I found that by, by narrowing my 
platforms, I was e able to better handle things. So I'm not going to be found everywhere, folks. But uh, as Steve said, I'm not going to obviously verbalize all this stuff because it'd be easier to read and copy and paste and all that. But the easiest place to find me in a social media way would be on uh, LinkedIn. Okay. You look up my name, you'll find me no problem because SJ is my name. Barracone is a unique last name, right? So just send me a request to connect, follow me, just say, hey, I heard you, watched you on uh, Steve Ramona's podcast. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram as the Education Sherpa, S-H-E-R-P-A. So those are my two social platforms. I also have an email address. I have a digital scheduler where you can set up time with me. Those would be the uh, top four ways to reach me. And, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and that's I appreciate, again, the opportunity to share that. And, again, if I can be of value to anyone, it's always a pleasure. Please do reach out to them. It's just a, it'll be 30 minutes of time not wasted, but time of learning. Every time I listen to him, when we network together, I've always learned something. And I want to thank you, SJ. Uh, this has been fantastic. It, it goes a different route than most of my podcasts, but that's the goal. When you serve audience, there's many ways to serve. SJ gave you some very deep ways you can serve with leadership, vision, mentorship, and thinking. So I want to thank you again. Can you do me a huge favor? Let's end with one business tip that's really tipped the scales for you in your business world that the audience could possibly use to help them grow. Another Great question, similar to the book. I would have to say the one that strikes me the most is expand your network not by selling to them, but by offering them the best of who you are and then you can grow folks from a networker to a connector, even to being a super connector.